Hello all, welcome to another episode of Directive Stories. And uh, today we are joined by um, Christina Bailey, one of our special guests uh, who had overcome great odds as a legally blind woman from a rural Appalachian community with limited access to healthcare. Uh, through rampant malnutrition and the uh, commonality of death caused by inability to obtain treatments for illnesses and diseases due to inability to pay. So her career has been focused on uplifting small businesses and advancing corporations through improved sales, uh, sales strategies, uh, establishing international business planes, and also managing all aspects of marketing and public relations. So she's a mix of both. She's the founder. She's also a great marketer. She's also a product uh, she's into product development, also gives um, lots of feedback and advice to everybody out there. She was the first in her family to obtain a college education, uh, combined with the honor of being uh, named uh, cum laude, a member of the prestigious Omicron Delta Kappa Society, and numerous awards for global leadership. Uh, Christina, welcome to our show. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. I know that you are a multilingual mentor to the disabled community, empowering disabled youth across the globe, not only in US. Um, so it's it's a great honor uh, as you are a, a lifetime member of the uh, Omicron Delta uh, Kappa Honors uh, Society, a recipient of the National Who is Who Award too. Uh, so to begin with, let's speak about uh, the healthcare jobs, um, Christina. Now, before we begin or before we jump into today's discussion, if everybody's, uh, if any of our guests is, uh, if anybody out there is watching live, do share in your thoughts or engage or put in your comments uh, through any kind of questions which you have. So Christina, before we jump into uh, what is the rising cause of this medical inflation uh, before we talk about the healthcare jobs and the healthcare uh, current market. Uh, could you please uh, introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely. Well, as you said, I'm Christina Bailey, CEO and founder of Folium Medical. Um, uh, I, I do come from uh, rural Appalachia on the eastern side of the U.S., um, where uh, hospitals are very much underfunded, uh, healthcare overall is very underfunded. Um, you have food deserts where there is very limited access to healthy foods, uh, as well as rampant poverty where it's difficult to afford food in general, uh, as well as afford healthy homes to live in that are safe. Um, combine that with uh, very much a lack of education, uh, very much underfunded school systems where it is difficult uh, overall to obtain any education that is going to further someone to better opportunities uh, to be able to get out of their community. Um, so definitely as a disabled person that was challenging to navigate coming from a low-income family uh, in addition to then going to school that's underfunded um, and, and seeing you know what that is doing to communities overall. And I'm, I'm grateful that I've had so many opportunities, um, but that definitely has uh, grown my career to see the communities that I come from um, and see you know hospitals having to close because they don't have funding, uh, individuals choosing to not obtain health care because they can't afford it and, and it's succumbing to their illnesses, um, you know, uh, people 
dying in transport to very far away hospitals because the hospitals to them closed uh, and people not understanding their basic human rights to healthcare and to affordable healthcare. Awesome. Um, thank you for sharing that, Christina. So uh, how did your journey start into um, uh, establishing or becoming an entrepreneur with Folium Medical? Like uh, what, apart from the kind of uh, experiences you had been through, um, apart from focusing on uplifting other small businesses or uh, everybody who is spending a lot, um, what is that shift which made you start this firm or this particular company? Well, I met my business partners who are both veterans and uh, had seen what COVID was doing to the globe and, you know, being people who come from a background of wanting to help others, they wanted to start a company that would uh, serve the global um, effort against the pandemic. You know, they've, they fought in wars and they wanted to fight the war against the pandemic on a global front. That being said, they, they had no sales background, they had no marketing background, um, and so they brought me in with my experience in sales. Uh, and through that, we took a year to do research on the market um, through my experience of uh, seeing um, you know, what it takes to grow a company, but also to understand the market. And then uh, come early this year, I uh, decided to move myself into the CEO role to be more of uh, the, the spokesperson, so to say, you know, to really share that energy that we have. Um, and then that uh, really transformed into a mission of, uh, you know, not only is this a very profitable business, you know, the medical supply business is billions of dollars with uh, very limited uh, competition. Um, so it's uh, from that, from a business standpoint, it's a great market to be in. Um, you know, there's there's a, a, a craving from the public for competition. Um, but then also from simply an ethical standpoint, there's a lot of good to do in the world by making medical supplies readily available across the globe to hospitals of all economic situations and, uh, you know, providing good quality at prices that can actually be affordable, uh, not just to your major hospitals, but also your small clinics in communities like the one I grew up in. Okay, so we know that the current medical market is flooded with uh, scams, uh, lots of opportunities, and uh, I also go, went through a couple of your posts where um, this global uh, glow market uh, maker in Malaysia, I just read one of your BBC posts, uh, who was banned uh, from um, doing business in US. So put, um, just to put it across, like all these poorly developed, um, misrepresented products, which are still harming and causing more issues uh, for the patients and for the clinicians who are working, uh, what is the way forward? The way forward is definitely to, uh, you know, give more options because the whole reason why fraudulent products are able to make their way into the U.S. market and are able to, uh, you know, cause the harm that they have caused is because they're cheap and people are always going to want the cheaper option, especially if they are on a very tight budget. That means the difference between closing and staying open. And so, you know, it's very easy for them to, uh, you know, be, um, you know, sadly tricked into trusting these people who have these, you know, great prices. But then, you know, I'll, I'll give the ultimate example. Uh, a doctor orders a box of gloves and they receive the box of gloves. It's a box of sand. You know, we're talking about a doctor who is just trying to buy an affordable product that is necessary for providing health care. And yet 
they got tricked out of their money and they uh, get, you know, blatantly an insult. Um, and that, uh, that, you know, that glove manufacturer is a great example. Um, we've seen the supply chain get stretched to a point where anyone can set up a fake factory. And, uh, you know, I've heard stories of people going over to, uh, you know, Thailand to Malaysia, going into a, a quote unquote glove factory. And, uh, literally their box is being packed with dirty and broken gloves. Um, and so it's really a matter of being that option for the industry that is affordable, but affordable in a way that they know they can trust it. They know who they're buying from. And so they're not forced to go to, um, you know, someone that is cheap and cheap for a reason. Okay. So the very need of uh, helping out uh, all the healthcare heroes is to make sure we provide the quality products. And uh, at the same time, these kind of products, not only um, in, in terms of gloves, but in terms of everything, uh, everything which can be used in the healthcare space, but in the hospital, be it administrative uh, staff who is using uh, the kind of stationery out there, everything is being um, imported uh, worldwide, but end of the day, uh, how can we defeat this virus if the products which are uh, flooded out there are fake? Um, again, is it the quality controllers or is it somebody who's responsible? Is it the government? Is it the corporates? Is it the employees? Is it the staff? I'd say it's a mix. I do truly hope, and that's something that I hope as Folium grows, we can really knock on the doors of government across the world and say, these people have profited during this pandemic off of people suffering. And that is, uh, you know, the ultimate offense that should be punished. And the medical supply market is highly unregulated and it should be regulated. And I'm, I'm saying that as a CEO, I want regulation. Um, but also it is up to the hospitals to look into who they're buying from, doing research, and also building a relationship with from who they're buying from. And at Folium, we pride ourselves on customer service. And I say, if you're not able to talk to the person you're getting your medical supplies from, then don't buy from them. Who you buy medical supplies from should be your best friend who you fully trust because you are trusting them with the lives of your patients and your staff when it comes to quality. Um, also researching who the medical supplies come from. We really pride ourselves on working with smaller manufacturers, non-name brand manufacturers who may not have as big a following, but their quality is incredible. And when you buy something through us, we'll show you the product photos. We'll show you the facility. We'll get you on the phone with the, uh, the person who uh, handles the inventory. Every step of the way, we're going to give you access. And so at multiple levels, there needs to be uh, researching and questioning. Okay, so the rise in uh, these product prices, how is, that, how is it affecting the jobs? How is it affecting the employers? How is it affecting the recruiters? I see from social media, there are a few examples uh, uh, from your own testimonials. I could see that there are people who were able to hire more nurses. Could you please share your thoughts on that, Christina? Absolutely. So when we're able to cut the cost of what someone is spending on medical supplies each month, that's money going back into the practice. Uh, on top of that, that's also extra items in stock to support more employees. You know, you now have enough masks to go around for that extra nurse that you need to bring on. And uh, yes, you brought up a great example. 
we saved a uh, hospital in the six-figure range on a single order. And through that, they were able to hire five new nurses. You know, clinics and hospitals are always trying to find ways to cut cost. And a lot of times they end up having to cut from staff. Um, we've seen that very often throughout the pandemic. You know, there's not enough funding. And so they're trying to find departments to cut. Well, through uh, medical supply co uh, cost cutting, you don't have to cut any staff. In fact, you can hire on more because of, of the savings that we're able to provide. Um, and I definitely think that becomes a very big factor. Uh, next to employment, medical supplies is the most uh, major expense any healthcare provider faces. Yeah, but again, uh, with respect to the decision makers, uh, all the um, people in the healthcare, whom do they need to trust? Because you say there are over 500,000 products through Folio Medical Line, there are over 3,000 manufacturers. So are these people like you, I see that you haven't collaborated with GPOs or where do these products come from? Like other products, which will also help save in the cost for HR. So where do all these products come from? All these other manufacturers. We've built a fantastic uh, partnerships from people who we have heavily vetted. We don't partner with anyone unless we can verify every step of their supply chain, unless we've, to, we've spoken to every person involved with the corporate level. Um, and we've spoken to everyone who, if there's a problem, we know who to go after. Um, and on top of that, we are partnered with some, as well, major names. You know, we're partnered with, uh, with NDC. Um, we are partnered with, you know, manufacturers that, yes, you know, they're not the household names like 3M, but they are still major players in the medical industry who have documentation to show, have references to show, have worked with governments and hospitals across the globe for. Um, so, we, uh, you know, we're very happy that we have that partnership with them. Uh, but also we have proof to show anyone that comes to us and says everyone we're partnered with, they've been as vetted as you would vet a nurse in your facility. Okay, awesome. And also we know that uh, healthcare had added more jobs than either IT, uh, information technology put together, uh, retail sales put together. Um, like bid last month or the last year, the healthcare jobs are said to be always the good jobs. Uh, we know that um, all the healthcare workers, they get paid um, very much, um, I mean, everybody gets paid happily. There are high paying jobs. People get different shifts. And also there are people who get sick regardless of this consumer confidence, which is there due to various economic conditions. So there are lots of disparities in the healthcare. Uh, how to overcome this uh, healthcare disparities, people coming from different backgrounds, uh, again, people who can't afford uh, to spend on the um, uh, like the medical supplies, H how to bridge that gap? What are the medical disparities which you see among people? I, I also heard that there are people who don't spend on their um, health because it's too expensive for them. I mean, so and so medicines are expensive for them. So they cut down on the cost for the medical supplies so that they just leave because they don't have enough money uh, like what are the healthcare disparities which you see in the communities uh, with various people from different backgrounds? 
Well, I certainly see a lack of access to, um, you know, uh, surgeries that need to occur. And of course, anytime that you plan a surgery, a lot of your costs that you pay out of pocket for a surgery is going to come from the cost of medical supplies, uh, as well as, you know, in the oncology world of cancer treatment, uh, there again, you know, they can't afford cancer treatment. Um, but also, you know, in COVID, we've seen communities that were not getting appropriate access to COVID tests, which I find such an atrocity because we have incredible partners that throughout the pandemic had great supplies of COVID tests. But you had the uh, American market of medical supplies that was giving their share of tests to the big hospitals, wealthier communities. Meanwhile, they were not reaching out and getting tests into the hands of poor communities. And that's where you saw people waiting in lines uh, for six hours to get COVID tests. And we're seeing this with uh, with COVID vaccinations. You know, we have a supply right now on hand of syringes. That being said, the uh, facilities that are buying syringes and that are getting the most support from the big medical suppliers, those syringes are going to wealthier communities. They're going to they're going to the U.S., not to other countries. Um, they're not going to poor communities. So you have hospitals in you know, rural uh, communities in poorer countries that are not able to get out COVID vaccines because they don't have access to syringes because a wealthier country or a larger hospital has those syringes. And I find that okay. a tragedy because that's who we want to yeah. supply. We want to supply those who don't have that access because I have someone that can put a syringe in the hand of every doctor in a rural community right now. Okay. So um, many opportunities tend to disappear, like um, uh, people who are also putting in effort, trying to uh, put in these quality syringes are probably doing um, something, uh, just like manufacturing them uh, for the betterment of the community, making it affordable, uh, keeping quality in mind. So all these retail sales, we also know that during a recession, uh, the demand for healthcare does not decrease at all. Uh, there's always a huge demand. And also with respect to putting as we are uh, at directships, we connect clinicians to employers and we have over 500,000 clinicians on our platform. And it's closely hitting uh, 600,000 clinicians, but at the same time, we try and save their time as we are a tech-enabled agency. We use the power of technology. We connect uh, these clinicians to these hospitals and also save their time. Because normally, if a clinician out there is trying to apply for any particular post or trying to choose or pick their own shift or take up additional work, um, if if they had to spend, um, if they had to apply five to six jobs, uh, normally an application process would take five to six hours. So, um, but through our technology, it could uh, help them save ninety percent of the time. So we are trying to save the time for clinicians at the same time, give a better experience through our artificial intelligence job board. So uh, with respect to hospitals and all these physicians offices, uh, Christina, um, there are major employers within all the cities and the states, as you mentioned, there are big players, but there is a huge problem uh, with respect to these healthcare jobs because uh, more healthcare jobs means more healthcare costs. Again, coming back to our circle of discussion, um, how to 
do we need to cut down the jobs because automation is taking care of it or uh, the administrative staff or all the regular jobs which can be done through the power of automation um, every there's there are huge costs there are lots of reports that um, in the last 12 months um, there are uh, teletherapy had evolved again um, the kind of uh, uh, exponential growth which happened through teletherapy or telemedicine is something which we never expected so the jobs not only in the healthcare industry as in in health insurance uh, there are various categories there are various activities which can be involved so so all these pharmaceutical jobs which are out there the healthcare jobs in the it or in the health health tech space do we continue to grow them or do we need to cut down on the um, uh, expenses which is out there uh, what would you suggest like uh, because the decision maker goes always on whatever they had spent in the last decade so if somebody had to choose a new manufacturer or a new supplier they look at their past records the 5 year old records or 3 year old records they don't give opportunity to startups what what would you say to all those healthcare decision makers um because i've seen couple of your posts saying you're also looking for investors at folio medical so what should they do be doing all these major decision makers Well, I certainly say always cut costs, never people. Because even with automation, you're going to need more people to manage that automation. And the hope, especially of healthcare, is if you can automate something, if you can make something easier, that gives more time to make healthcare about people again and to provide better, you know, better patient care, better bedside manner. Um, and so, absolutely, you know, we uh, we really want to grow this so that. we have the uh, cuz right now we are a startup we're a small team um but we want to get to a size to where the ordering the inventory management of a facility is not on the hospital whatsoever a procurement manager doesn't have to tediously sit down and, and keep a record we can have that for them that way they can go out and better engage with their facility and say what is it we actually need or where can we grow what's an interesting you know purchase we could make you know instead of sitting down having to go through a list of 500 types of syringes i could be saying wow there's some incredible mri machines out there let's talk about like that let's look into that um so for the decision makers i would say find where your people could be better utilized as well as where you can cut costs because the potential of employees is limitless and there's always something that you can cut back so that you can reinvest it in people okay and also so as folio medical uh, should i consider that you guys are also in the medical field because people who work in the medical field they often enjoy fantastic job security unlike the people in the service or support or customer service or people in the it the millions of jobs lost um the trillions of dollars of uh, which was lost due to the pandemic with the kind of um uh, whatever whatever we had seen in the last one year so we know the biggest employers uh, in the healthcare space be it in the baker health system uh, people who had employed thousands of uh, people again in the last couple of quarters um, and there are top employers like uh, even if you look at kaiser permanente and uh, lots of uh, people who had employed more number of people than google 
for that case, Google or Facebook or all these social media channels or LinkedIn or Microsoft. So are you also part of the same um, uh, healthcare uh, employers like as fully a medical? Uh, are you uh, different from the medical field? How, how, how is that uh, you differentiated? Like what is your value proposition? I would certainly say, you know, at, at a point we do want to grow to be a major employer. We want to, uh, you know, I I only semi-joke, we want to be the Amazon of healthcare, but with ethics. Um, but for <laughs> now, but we, uh, you know, we want to grow. We want to, you know, I, I want to grow this into, you know, there, it's a uh, predicted to be a $240 billion industry this year. And I want a very large piece of that pie. And I want the, you know, the employees to go along with it. Because I want us to be able to grow and cover, you know, I want to support the global health industry. Um, but that being said, you know, it's being a startup is a struggle. You know, you you really push yourself every day, and I never want to lose that energy. I always wanted to be the uh, the David uh, versus Goliath of the healthcare industry that has not been called out for. Uh, poor practices and poor service and poor pricing for far too long. Um, so I never want to lose that uh, that little bit of a fighting little guy spirit, even when we get to what I fully expect to be a billion dollar company one day. I, I love that. Uh, I love the way you put it across. Uh, again, uh, Amazon also is coming into the telehealth space, which we have seen there are lots of articles out there. Um, uh, in 2018, they tried with these three major uh, players, uh, JP Morgan and Berkshire Hathaway, I guess. All these uh, three players, they tried getting into the telehealth space, but again, things didn't work out through partnership. Uh, they stepped back again, um, um, the, the many things which might, uh, um, which could be, there could be various reasons behind that uh, stepping back. But now probably this quarter or in a couple of months, I guess they're coming huge, they're coming big. So, but when Americans are polled, again, as we operate in the US healthcare space, um, healthcare affordability is everybody's number one issue. Uh, one third of Americans report that uh, foregoing medications because of cost more than in any other developed country. So, and the survey also had proven that. So all those people who had been surveyed, uh, they did not go to doctor even when they were sick or injured for the fear of the cost. Now cost is something which is now all these rising expenses is going back to the patient and people are talking about the primary care and the rural healthcare space again. Everybody is trying to help the, it's a patient-centric world is what everybody is trying to believe but all these middlemen who are trying to increase the um, cost, which is again being a burden to the patient, um, can can employ uh, can employees all these people working in the healthcare space, can they come up with some kind of a revolution out there, um, or is it is it uh, everybody already part of the system? Like, is it something which cannot be changed in another 30, 40, 50 years, or 100 years, or probably another century? What do you what do you say? I say it's always something that can be changed. I think that uh, you know you're finally starting to get some discussion about you know every you know the price of medications. Um, there's a nonprofit that we're working out with working with that uh, supplies diabetic testing supplies to those who can't afford it. Um, 
and that that comes from people foregoing you know diabetic testing items that are necessary because of the cost and those prices are finally starting to get revealed i mean there was one um pharmaceutical company that shall go unnamed that was raising the prices of their products 250 percent and when the wow. public found out they were understandably outraged you know someone could die because they can't afford this because it's lining someone's pockets and uh i think it really needs to start being a discussion of doctors to to call this out um, to find other options and for patients to find out. Patients should be just as angry. And that's where it comes back to, you know, coming from an area of, with a lack of education. Uh, patients should be empowered to look into these things and find out, um, you know, the bandage that got put, put on their arm while they were at the doctor was manufactured for a dollar. And someone sold that to that doctor for $50. They should Whoa. find that out and they, they should be outright angry, not angry at the doctor, you know, not angry at, uh, you know, whoever, um, you know, is in the facility. And I've, I've seen it before. I've seen fights in my home community at uh, stores with pharmacists because of the cost of something. You know, it, it goes back, you know, it's the old saying, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Um, you know, go to, you know, at, on a government level, address it, you know, on a, local level start that discussion and uh you know start working really as a community for how can we find solutions um that's where i'm really happy about the number of uh, nonprofit organizations i see popping up that are saying you know i'll we'll cover your diabetic testing supplies or um you know we will supply rural hospitals with medical supplies but that also shouldn't be a nonprofit's burden either um it should be a government discussion. It should be a hospital research dis discussion, and it should be a patient outcry discussion. Okay. So again, um, at times I wonder all these pharmaceutical companies, like uh, again, all these um, stores, the pharma stores out there, they offer uh, discounts. Um, again, here in India, I see those discounts, but I don't know how uh, it happens in US, but. I don't know if they give 20% discount or 30% discount on the medical supplies, but 50, uh, 55% of all the healthcare spendings uh, when it comes to any hospital is related to the salaries and wages. Um, there is also worry about affordability. There is worry about these great new healthcare jobs who are trying to, uh, all these recruiters, clinicians, I mean, staffing agencies and the recruiters, healthcare recruiters trying to fill up the positions, trying to take, take, take their piece of pie. There are more jobs adding to more salaries and there are more salaries, which are also increasing these healthcare costs. And like the way you put it across, that's beautiful uh, because everything is interconnected. Everything is interrelated. Um, again, it could be, uh, like the way the government should come back or they should play a major role. Um, but all this healthcare spending, um, which is also affecting uh, everybody who's working in the healthcare, uh, there are many premiums and higher taxes. What do you say about um, uh, the kind of taxes now? I also see it like at Folium Medical is not the medicines, but it's the equipment to the medical uh, or the hospital organizations, right? Do you also have a supply of medicines? 
We do not at this time. Um, we are still working on it. That's a, you know another area where we would love to find investment so that we can pay for a pharmaceutical license. But as soon as we are able to pay the fee to obtain a pharmaceutical license to legally sell medicine, uh, that's an area we absolutely want to jump into. Okay. Um, okay. Very good. So again, it's the doctors, physicians, and nurses uh, who uh, who also play a major role. Um, as per the research which I have done, what is the main reason for this rising medical inflation? I got to know that 40% um, of these jobs are being held by either the doctors, nurses, again, somebody who is close to the patient care, and the rest of the staff, administ uh, administrative staff, or people playing different roles of not interacting with the patients. They also end up in back offices processing the claims, insurances, uh, also adding work to the kind of uh, work which anybody do in cellar, probably the laboratories, the testing, diagnostics, which would be there. So it is quite surprising that uh, the entire economy, uh, when it comes to uh, removing some administrative jobs, uh, there is lots of office productivity, which is also involved. Now that everybody is working from home, uh, do you think, um, again, would there be major difference? Um, the, again, the vaccination drive is in full swing. The, uh, there are few uh, healthcare organizations. We're not talking about hospitals in general. Uh, there are many uh, offices which are opening up. Um, there should be, um, like, do you think there should be a pressure on um, cutting down um, any other staff out there um, during the process of uh, giving this care to the patients? No, I don't think be? so. Okay. But I'll so, let you continue on your question. Um, but no, overall, I think, um, you know, the uh, not cutting back on administrative staff, but seeing what else can they do. Um, you know, if something is lightening their load, well, then there's that means that there's room for improvement in other areas. Okay. And one one of the main reasons why um, people can't afford healthcare, uh, probably in terms of um, uh, the wages to workers, that's something which also uh, I had read uh, in one of the uh, articles on that. So the wages also explain why hospitals are very expensive. Um, again, uh, there's a load. Um, I would say there's a huge scarcity. Um, the demand is very high. Um, that's also in, uh, improving the overall um, salaries to the uh, higher prices to ma major players who are out there. So if, even if we take the affordable healthcare, there are hundreds and thousands of healthcare jobs for everybody out there. Um, so people who are still looking for the right kind of job, trying to work from home through teletherapy or uh, in-person therapy. Now, um, do you do you have any work from home opportunities or uh, like through Folio Medical? Uh, I see that your team is also trying to help uh, all the other healthcare organizations uh, with the kind of products, revolutionary products, which are bringing to the table from European markets, from Canada. So do you think there are remote opportunities for people who would work with Folio Medical or anybody out there who all these 500,000 products which are 
out there in your database? Do they also have remote work opportunities? Absolutely. In fact, actually, we really plan to, even as we grow, continue to be a remote company. I think you just get better quality out of workers when you have that option. Um, it definitely you know, opens up people's lives more. Um, but absolutely, we are, uh, we're actually currently building up our sales department, which is directly responsible for getting out the message of what Folium can do. You know, so uh, we're, um, you know, and that's, that's across the country. Uh, for every time zone, we're definitely trying to find people um, who are willing to uh, to pick up the phone, uh, call um, medical facilities, and say, "I represent this incredible company." Um, and uh, you know, we're uh, we're definitely excited to grow a remote workforce uh, that will uh, you know come together, um, you know, for company vacations, company parties, uh, but overall, uh, very much be a remote staff. Okay. And could you please share about now keeping aside the uh, jobs, keeping aside about the rising costs, uh, could you please share about um, your um, lifetime membership with uh, Omicron Delta Kappa? Like, uh, how did you choose to be a member? What made you get into this uh, legacy of uh, honored society in terms of national leadership? Could you please share about that, Christina? Well, I was actually invited. Uh, you do have to be invited to be um, part of the organization. Uh, typically, you're invited your junior year of college um, as uh, past presidents, um, prime ministers, congressmen, uh, you know, writers, actors uh, were invited in their college years. And it's an organization that really recognizes those who um, you know have a path ahead of them to really make some global change. And uh, you know, though you might not feel that way when you're uh, you know young and in college, um, certainly uh, you know I hope to follow in the footsteps of those who have come before me um, and create a legacy that you know it, it will inspire someone else. Because when I was being inducted into the uh, the organization, and I'm reading this list of the other members, and you know I'm seeing Jimmy Carter, I'm seeing Margaret Thatcher. Um, it's it's an wow. honor to say, wow, I am continuing on their legacy, and I only hope that one day another young girl who comes from a difficult background will look at that paper and say, wow, I'm in the same organization that Christina Bailey was in. Um, and it really is a, a little push every day to say, I'm walking in the footsteps of some incredible people. I can't give up now. I, you know, I have to make a change. Okay. So, uh, and also could you share like the medical sectors, um, the kind of medical sectors at Folio Medical. Uh, I see that um, through the website, again, you um, help people through um, uh, surgical supplies, wound management, or diabetic supplies, uh, diagnostic imaging, dental. Um, what is hot in, uh, apart from the syringes which you mentioned, um, now in the last three months or probably in the last couple of quarters, what had been uh, hot in terms of providing service in various medical sectors? I would certainly say surgical supplies because as we, uh, we start to get a little bit of progress on the pandemic. You have people who had surgeries that had to be delayed, canceled, that are finally able to have those surgeries. 
Um, and so now you have surgeons that are looking to say, finally, you know, I get to do this. And so they're buying up those supplies um, as well as you are starting to see new facilities open. So we are seeing, you know, a demand for furniture, um, you know, your, your beds, um, paper for the beds, that sort of thing. Um, as well as, you know, it's sad to say, but I'm glad that we have it. Uh, there is, you know, a, a need for pediatric uh, products as well. So we are seeing, okay. um, you know, a, a, the demand there, um, not because of, you know, anything that's going on in pediatrics, but, you know, people are starting to realize that we have such a large range of pediatric supplies as well. Okay. Awesome, Christina. Awesome. Thank you. So I uh, uh, I strongly believe that Folium, uh, Folium Medical is dedicated to providing these medical supplies when everybody needs them. So you're providing um, not only the products, again, uh, with the kind of hope which everybody needs to look at at a time when everybody needs them. Uh, this is this is amazing. This is amazing. Now, coming back to the final uh, uh, episode, uh, probably I would say the final uh, chapter of this complete directive stories. Uh, let me ask you uh, some, um, uh, probably like a fireside chat or probably uh, random questions. Um, you can answer them quickly. We'll run through them. It's kind of like fun, okay. uh, where you can keep it short and sweet. Um, what was your first job, Christina? My first job was at a sporting goods store. Okay. Awesome. And uh, if there were three influential people in your life, uh, who would you pick? Oh, definitely my mother, my grandmother on my mother's side, and my father. Okay. Okay. Apart from parents, um, uh, family, uh, are there anybody whom you pick, like the three most influential people? Oh, let's Looking see. Looking at I the corporate. Oh, the corporate world. Interesting. Um, I'm really inspired by Oprah Winfrey's story of, uh, you know, the poverty that she came from um, very much. You know, I am inspired actually by Jeff Bezos at Amazon. Um, you know, say what you want about Amazon now. He definitely, you know, grew something to an incredible level. Um, and then, uh, you know, as a as uh, what I feel is a disruptive company, which I think Folium is, uh, then I would have to say Steve Jobs because of his uh, disruptive energy. Awesome, awesome! I love that. Okay, thank you. So, um, uh, what is your proudest accomplishment right now? I know that you you entered into a trillion dollar healthcare market, and the journey is going to be. Um, very tough. It's going to be sleepless nights, uh, managing, following up with uh, lots of phone calls, too many follow-ups, too much of pressure. It could be depression also. I, there's too many things which might go on and down. There'll be lots of ups and downs. Um, what was your proudest accomplishment so far? I would say, honestly, it was, I was speaking to someone about them potentially investing. Um, and uh, they themselves uh, are heavily involved in uh, health, getting healthcare into poor countries. And uh, they said, um, it was them saying, you're doing God's work in your own way. And I thought that was such a, a special thing to be told of, you know, not, you know, because you, you, you get told that all the time when you're, you're a startup, oh, you're going to make money, you're going to be successful. But to have someone instead say, 
you're doing what you're meant to do to make the world a better place, that's what truly means something. Yeah, so what would be your tip for anybody out there to make this world a better place? I would say it's, you know, take a risk, uh, you know, especially when it comes to women. We are, women are more statistically more likely to just settle where we are and not question things. Question, be disruptive, and through that, find how you're going to make the world a better place. And, and if it comes with risk, if it comes with challenges, face it head on. Okay. And uh, what is something people seem to misunderstand about you? I would say it's definitely that uh, that I am disabled and that image of, oh, you're disabled, so you must not be successful. You must not be smart, to which I say that's the opposite. You know, a disability doesn't limit you in any way. Uh, okay. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for sharing in everything. So if, if you had 100 million uh, today to spend on this uh, health tech or at Folium Medical, how would you spend it? Oh, I would hire staff so I could uh, you know, stop working 80 hours a week. Okay. Awesome. I guess there would be lots of job opportunities or you'd be scaling up like the way Amazon does in 2005 or 2002s or during the early stages of dot-com burst, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is kind of a, I wouldn't call it a bubble, but we see a new huge expansion in the healthcare space. But I appreciate all your time, Christina. If you, do you have any last minute thoughts which you'd like to share with our audience? Um, I would just like to say, you know, if you are a clinician and want to speak to us, you know, go to Folium and email us what you order in a month and we guarantee we'll beat your prices. Yeah, I guess we all will be surprised with the kind of quotation which we get from the major players and Folium Medical. Uh, definitely, there would be um, lots of jaw drops or uh, eyebrows raising with the kind of quotations which we would see. So for all the clinicians uh, who are hitting the replay or who's going to listen to this through Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, do share in your feedback. So let us know uh, your thoughts and uh, please do like, share, comment, subscribe to Direct Shifts and Folio Medical. So if anybody had to reach you out, um, definitely it has to be foliomedical.com or what is the best way to reach you, Christina? foliomedical.com and actually our email address uh, info at foliomedical.com that way you're directly linked to my entire team okay that's great Christina. i'll put that again uh in the scrolling bar um later in the day but thank you so much for your valuable time Christina. i'll talk to you or I'll, I'll share the recordings with you and you'll all also be able to catch up or listen to this uh, through social media postings, and we'll stay in touch. We'll uh, look for more partnerships or collaborations. I'll share this with our team internally. Um, either our CEO or COO was supposed to be part of this interview. Uh, due to other scheduled meetings, they couldn't be here today. But uh, our team is uh, excited to listen to this particular conversation uh, for this particular episode of Direct Shift Stories. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's a great honor, and I, I'm excited to uh, continue working with you guys. Thank you. Bye -bye. I'll talk to you soon again. All right. Talk to you soon.